Hi everyone and welcome to episode 9 of a casuals guide to MMA. This is a podcast for the fans and by the fans. I'm Anish and I'm Abhishek and we're your hosts. We're just a couple of MMA fans who like to chat shit so don't take anything we say too seriously. This week we're going to talk about UFC 252 Cormier versus Miocic. All right, let's uh, get into it. So the first fight on the main card is John Dodson versus Mirab Dvalishvili. Obviously Mirab Dvalishvili is ca- is coming off a few strong victories with really good decisions. Um you know he's been dominant, his re- takedowns have been amazing and then his ground and pound and his wrestling and everyone who's fought him has had a tough time in the in the recent past. Um but he's coming up against John Dodson who has a good wrestling background. Uh, he can, he has the ability to stuff those takedowns. So I think it should be a tough fight for Mirab who um, I think is the favorite in this fight. I would assume um obviously Dodson went off uh, just is coming off of you know losses to Yan and Rivera um you know obviously they all, they all three rounds each so he put up a fight but um you know he didn't get the win do you think so John Dodson is actually coming off a KO win over Nathaniel Wood who I f- heavily favored in that fight like I thought Nathaniel Wood would easily win that fight and he was dictating the like pace and dictating the stand up completely John Dodson is one of those very annoying fighters to watch where he complains about bloody everything if it comes close to hitting his cup he'll complain about it he complains about eye pokes he complains about everything and Mirab could honestly be on like could be unbeaten cuz uh, that fight against Ricky Simone like the referee said that he was out after the bell rang which made no sense to me like cuz if he was like if he was conscious when the bell rang that means the fight's over if the opponent like continues to choke after that how can like how like how can that count yeah, you can't, uh, yeah exactly it's after the bell yeah made it to the end exactly like it, the rules say that the bell can't save you so like if mm-hmm. you were like, so but if somebody is holding on to the choke after the bell rings then like that's a different story altogether right you can't just chalk that up as a uh, Ricky Simone yeah. winning and so, I think when you uh, say the, bell, the rules say the bell can't save you what do you mean that like like you like what do you say if you're, if you're about to get TKO if or somebody something. hits you with like a perfect shot at like the last second yeah. and you're like knocked out and the bell rings yeah. while somebody hits you like like if the punch lands before the bell rings and then you get knocked mm-hmm. out cold then the bell can't save you so you can't be like oh the bell okay, rang so yeah. then the fight's over you know yeah. what i mean if you're knocked out then you're knocked out but okay, this yeah, is yeah. like he was conscious when the bell rang but then Ricky Simone mm-hmm. i think held on for like a bit longer and then he I, he didn't go to sleep like technically but he was completely out of it at that point in time like the okay, referee was trying yeah. to say things and he wasn't comprehending at all and then he called yeah. it a submission for Ricky Simone it was damn controversial but apart from that he's been like super dominant with his wrestling but the, the guy who he faced last uh, can't remember his name right now Gustavo Lopez yeah yeah Lopez yeah. Uh, Lopez didn't have great uh, takedown defense or anything of that sort so Marab yeah. was dominating the wrestling exchanges i think he broke a record for like yeah, most number of takedowns 30 something like that yeah. some yeah. something crazy like that but like he was getting tagged a lot in that in the boxing exchanges that's why like 
like Lopez was landing a lot on the feet, but Marab was dominating overall, and he obviously won a, like a dominant decision. And John Dodson mm-hmm. for this weight class, like he's he was a one twenty five pound fighter. Remember when he fought uh, yeah. Demetrius Johnson twice before moving back up again? Like he not he won tough when he knocked out TJ at one thirty five, but then his natural weight class was one twenty five. Then he realized mm-hmm. that he couldn't beat DJ, so he went back up to one thirty five. So, like, it's difficult, right? Like, for sh- like for you to take down a shorter guy because, like, you have to get underneath somebody in order to wrestle. Yeah, exactly. You mm-hmm. can't just, like, it's easier to take down long these tall, lanky people than these short yeah. uh, short people. So, I think Mirab is going to find it extremely difficult. He, he will be getting takedowns and stuff like that, no doubt about it. But... Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's going to be a lot harder than like what people think, and I'm shocked that Dodson is not getting the respect he deserves by being such a big underdog. I can understand that he's like a if he's a slight underdog, but I think Mirab is like minus two forty or something favorite, which is like okay, that's a huge year. Yeah, like it's I I don't understand it, especially after watching his last fight where he was getting hit a lot on the feet, and if Dodson can stop a couple of those takedowns. Then uh, what do you say? Mirab is going to find it extremely difficult because Dodson's boxing is really good. He he knocked out TJ Dillashaw. He did that same thing when you try to close in distance on him. He's super fast, and especially somebody coming like up from one twenty five pound like one twenty five pounds to one thirty five pounds, like the speed difference is a lot. That real he's really fast in his punching ability. So I think. This is going to be my underdog pick, and I'm going to go with John Dodson by decision. I think it's going to be a close mm-hmm. fight. I think Mirab mm-hmm. is going to get takedowns and all of that stuff, but I think Dodson after a while is going to stop stop it, and he's going to land like the more impactful shots on the feet. And especially mm-hmm. Mirab is not known like to be somebody who does like crazy damage right on the ground. It's more of yeah. control, repetition, like take him down, take him down, take him down and control him. Not much of like ground and pound or a submission threat. So I think in the beginning, he might take Dodson down a couple of times, but then I think Dodson, uh, once he gets into it, he'll start stopping a lot more takedowns and he's going to light him up on the feet, in my opinion. So that's my underdog pick for I think this is my only underdog pick. I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm going Dodson mm-hmm. by decision. I mean, I get what you're saying about uh, you know Dodson being a danger, and he couldn't you know knock out Mirab, and it's it won't be easy taking Dodson down. Yeah, but I think that I think Mirab's got like a different type of pressure, and I think he can actually put that onto uh, Dodson. Obviously, Mirab's striking is not as good as Dodson's, but not I think close. I think yeah. So, but I think he'll he will manage to take him down and. Um, Maybe not. Obviously, not. I don't think thirteen times and stuff like that. But I think mm. he he's gonna get, like he's gonna win all the rounds, but really close. Like you know that he's gonna need get a takedown and do his best to get you know as much score as much as he can on that uh, you know on each takedown. I think this yeah. is gonna be a fight which will really test the judges in terms of are they gonna go by the old scoring system where if you just get a takedown and lie on them and do no damage, is that going to be scored or is it going to be scored based on damage? Because if they yeah. score it based on the old rules, then I 100% like I agree with you and I have Marab. Yeah. But like if you score it by the new rules, I think like I agree that Marab will take Dotson down. But I think Dotson mm-hmm. will land the more damaging shots, which should be scored. Like who does the more damage? So I think that which will... Yeah. 
which should be scored. So based on that, I'm going by. That's why I'm going by dots and by decision. Okay. Uh, um, so my prediction for this is Merab by decision. So um, anyway, we'll see what happens. Could go either way. Yeah, it's a very um, close fight. Great way yeah. to start this main card. Honestly. Yeah. It's an interesting fight. That's, yeah, it's, like I, it's sad that actually that Kutalaba vs. Ankalaya would have been a crazy, crazy fight. That would have been a better start. To, then all the fights would be like crazy in terms yeah. of really competitive but crazy good fights. But yeah, this is a great substitute. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then the next fight is Herbert Burns versus Daniel Pineda at featherweight. Uh, what do you think about this one? Herbert Burns is Gilbert Burns' brother. Uh, he's doing that same, he has that same sort of uh, mentality that Gilbert Burns has that I'm just going to keep on fighting, right? Keep, keep in getting that rhythm. If anybody's short notice, okay, I'm in. I just want to keep fighting, stay active and move up the ranks. And Herbert Burns is extremely good jiu-jitsu. Like he's, he's really, really good and that's his danger and yeah. people are because they're so worried about the jiu-jitsu it opens up his hands it's like that's just normal and now he's having confidence with it as well he got that crazy knockout in his in his ufc debut by landing one amazing knee and then he mm-hmm. got back to his uh, roots by getting a submission in his second fight and he's uh fighting the uh, daniel who who was in the ufc this is his second second time out coming back to the ufc and he yeah. had some troubles with steroids and all. He was in the PFL, featherweight. They had that uh, tournament, right, for $1 million. So he was... Yeah, the Grand Prix. Yeah, the Grand Prix. And uh, he tested uh, positive for some... I don't know what steroid it was, but he tested positive for some steroid. And then there was some, like, big controversy about it. And then he was kicked out of uh, the Grand mm-hmm. Prix because I, he, I think he won by guillotine in that in that semi-final but then he tested positive yeah. so he couldn't fight Lance Palmer who was I think he won it again so that happened yeah and that happened in his uh, like the quarterfinal and the semi-final both of them yeah. he, like he won tested. by TKO and then submission but then submission. they were both overturned yeah because of his testing positive yeah so it's weird that obviously like the PFL has a good relationship with the UFC like before they were called World Series of Fighting, right? Marlon Moraes, Justin Gaethje, all of them came from there. So maybe yeah. that's why they've given him a second chance. He is a dangerous fighter, but good luck trying to get, like if he's doing any sort of steroids, good luck, good luck trying to get <laughs> yeah. one over your side. Like you're going from yeah, exactly. hardly it's any... Not an easy. Yeah, because in PFL and Bellator and all of that, there's no USADA, right? It's just the commission testing. So like, you know yeah. when they're going to test you. Apart from that, like, you can do whatever the hell you want and then you get tested at, uh, like during fight week or whatever it may be. They have certain yeah. protocol, I'm not sure of, but it's, it's not year in, year out like how it is. So hopefully he's got all of that in check, but I think Herbert, Herbert's like a rising talent and I think he has all the tools to be a contender. I think at 145 is very difficult to like say that oh he can be a champion because mm-hmm. you it's look at Volkanovski, Holloway, and all of those crazy fighters. Exactly. It's, it, there are levels to this. Like uh, how Corey Anderson said it when he knocked out Johnny Walker. Right? There are levels to this <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, so uh, I think he he if he develops, he is still young in his career. So if he develops, he could have a chance. But he has all the 
the attributes to be a good like a top contender he has elite level jiu jitsu his striking is getting together he's in a good camp as well with the uh, henry hoof so uh, i i've got herbert by submission in this fight oh going for the submission yeah i think uh, yeah, i think his roots yeah, okay yeah i think um, it's a tough fight i mean it's a tough fight for daniel pinera i mean herbert bonds is a talented fighter yeah. and he is i think he could he could do it really well obviously like you said that division is not an easy one to to win you know to become the champion of but i think he could get you know climb up the rankings pretty you know pretty strong and get a good spot in the rankings but uh, i mean like you said he's got that good submission game and he has the ability to ko people also yeah but yeah i think i was i had a, i i felt he was going to win but i was struggling to decide on how he gets the win hmm. um and you've gone submission i was leaning towards the submission as well but um i'm i'm usually kind of hesitant to make a prediction and saying it you know they're going to get the submission because it's it's a harder thing to predict because you know it all depends on how the other you know if, if the other fighter makes mistakes on the ground and stuff like that but uh i you know after seeing his last his two submission victories in the ufc i think i i mean he's he's really good at his clean clean submission so he's extremely like yeah his credentials also in jiu jitsu like yeah. are, are very very high yeah exactly so i think yeah just based on that i think even i'm going to go for herbert burns by submission um yeah and then the next fight is at heavyweight junior dos santos versus jazinho rosenstrike um yeah i mean i think this one is uh i mean junior jds is coming off losses to bladies and enganu but um i think this is going to be another loss for him i think jazinho has that power you know the only guy who yeah, obviously who knocked over and that was quick was enganu in 20 yeah. seconds or something but enganu is a different kind of animal but uh, yeah i just don't see it going well for jds uh, you know i think i mean he's he's like 36 and he's he just needs jazinho just needs one you know good punch to land mm. and and jds you know he can get touched up a bit in fights so i think um, and the other threat that jazinho has is he can do it at any time like like mm. we saw against overim in okay. the fifth round towards the end of the fifth round exactly so that's why you know not too hopeful for jds and uh, i don't know when it's going to end i think it could be over relatively soon like maybe in the first round itself mm. and you know jazinho probably is looking is probably looking to get back from those from that loss to enganu obviously he think he said he wants to fight enganu again but i don't think he's going to win he's going to beat enganu even if he fights him again but uh, i see, like i see this going this very similar to how when jazinho fought arlovski and you know got that knockout in mm. less than 30 seconds i think it could go that way So I mean I want to predictions about when he's going to win but I think Rosenstreich gets this by knockout. Hmm. I completely agree with you in terms of your prediction I'm going the same way Jarzinho by knockout but this is like old guard against new generation right like yeah. they're, they're using Jarzinho and not like using JDS to build Jarzinho up and mm-hmm. uh, JDS looks in incredible shape though like he he's back to his old uh, he's got abs and he he looks physically in great shape 
but yeah. uh, in his last fight against Curtis Blades, like Curtis Blades doesn't have great striking, and he was beating JDS on the feet. It was weird mm-hmm. to see somebody like JDS, who was once considered the best boxer in the UFC heavyweight division, and to see him being out like outboxed by somebody like Curtis. No disrespect to Curtis Blades, I think he's a fantastic fighter, but mm-hmm. on the feet, like. I don't think uh, his credentials or even his technique is anyway close to JDS. But for him to uh, stop JDS on the feet was like super shocking when I saw it. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that was happening. Uh, and also Jarzinho, of course, like that Engano knockout happened. But even when you look at that Engano knockout, when Engano was swinging those crazy punches at Jarzinho, yeah. Jarzinho like kicked his legs underneath him and landed two counter shots before getting touched. He's just that yeah, exactly. scary chin that nothing really affects him. Because I think Jarzinho, I don't know if he believed his own hype where he's like, if I touch anybody, they will go down. Because he did land on Nganu's chin, but it's just that Nganu, like could just take it. So maybe yeah. if he's asking for the fight again, he wouldn't fight in the same way where if Nganu's blitzing and you just try to counter, he would probably try to disengage and start again. Okay, because, move away. Yeah, yeah because exactly. I think he's he he is a credential kickboxer. Like he he's he's done really well in kickboxing and that's translated really well in to his MMA career. That uh, Junior Albini knockout was scary. Then he knocked out Alan Crowder with a bloody jab, which is like whoa. Yeah. What the fuck? And then that even that Arlovsky <laughs> one, Arlovsky blitzing in, and then you just he just catches him with the that left hook, which it didn't look like he he used any power. Whereas like the Overeem one, at least you can see that wind up before he landed it, so you can yeah. be oh fuck, that's a powerful shot. But that Arlovsky yeah. one was weird, where like Arlovsky tr- just yeah. ran in and then like Jarzinho, it was like he was it's just like pushed him down. down. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. and then like, he was like knocked out. Yeah, face down yeah. ass first. As yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking crazy. So and the thing is, like, um, like when that Arlovsky fight, like, in when you watch it in real time, yeah, it doesn't look like he's you know like Not as a huge impact or anything. Exactly, like it just yeah. looks like he pushed him down with his hand. Yeah, exactly, something like that. But then when you look at it in slow motion, you can kind of see the he landed on the side of the head. Yeah. yeah. It was strange, strange knockout. That also, Alovsky is old as hell, so that's yeah, yeah, it. But <laughs> yeah, Jarzinho does have scary power. He shouldn't believe in it too much, like how he did in the Rengano fight, where he's like, if I touch anybody with it, I'm going to knock them out. And I think he'll yeah. be a little more calculated. And these two both train in ATT as well, which is like super weird when you think about it. JDS is like talking about it and he's like, oh yeah, I see Jarzinho all the, like every day in the gym. Like fucking what the yeah, hell is so this? Strange. Yeah, weird as <laughs> But yeah. I mean, if both of them are okay with it and they're just competitors who are just trying to prove that they're the best in the world, then fair play to them. And But I think I agree with you completely that I think Jarzinho gets it done early. And the problem is JDS has good jiu-jitsu. His jiu-jitsu is really, really good. But he 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 always wants to be the person like, oh, I'm going to knock them out. I can prove that I can box. Like he did that against Nganu as well. He's like, no, I don't need to take him down. I'm, I'm going to prove that I'm yeah. a better fighter on the field, which is weird. I, I hope he changes that aspect because I like JDS is such a nice person right like when he when he yeah. talks you, you feel sad for him when he loses he, like he's he's so he's such a kind and pure soul when you think about mm-hmm. it but it, if if he stands with Jarzinho I think it's over like over quick I agree 
it's yeah, he needs to do what Overeem did, like Overeem in that Jarzinho fight. He mixed it up and took like took Jarzinho down. That was the like yeah. that in order to stay safe, right? Because you'll you yeah. stand with all of these people, especially these older guys who've taken so much damage. When you think about JDS and the two Kane fights, and then the Stipe fight, and then the Stipe knockout, and then he's been knocked out so many times after that. Like his chin is like gone through. Hell and yeah. back. So for and same with Overeem. That's at least Overeem's understood that, and he's thinking, "Yo, I can't stand with anybody and everybody. I have to mix it up after in order to win certain fights. And if you stand exactly. with somebody like Jarzinho, who has like he was eating Overeem's punches for breakfast. Like he was literally walking mm. through Overeem's punches. Like, yo, this ain't shit. Like I can easily <laughs> get through this. So uh, JDS needs to." Take that into consideration in order for him to win the fight. He needs to mix it up. He needs to take him down and implement that jiu-jitsu game because if he stands with uh, Jarzino, I think it's going to be a easy and early night for Jarzino, I think. And I'm going with you as well. First round KO for Jarzino. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And then I think, so now we both predicted Rosenstrike wins this, but uh, uh, I, I think... Both I, of us are cheering for JDS. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah we, obviously, we like him as a person. But um, I think, you know, Jazzinho wins this and then do you think he fights Derek Lewis next? I, I, I like that fight. But Derek yeah, Lewis like is in a good position though. Like, because Derek yeah. Lewis has a win over Ngannou. So if Stipe decides to retire after winning mm-hmm. the title, I think they'll do Ngannou Lewis too, honestly, considering he's a big name. So, that we'll, so yeah, yeah, who knows? It's crazy. Derek yeah. Lewis is in a fantastic spot. Yeah, it's Especially, quite strange that that win that he has over Nganu, because I mean, we all remember that fight, which was yeah. one we like to forget. It's yeah. fucking terrible to watch. But That uh, was when DC knocked Stipe out in the first round. That yeah. was the same card. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see how this goes. And then I'd like to see him and Lewis. But, yeah, but you're right. They probably will make Nganu and Lewis for the... If Stipe retires. If, if Stipe retires, yeah. If Stipe Otherwise, retires. yeah, then he... Blades is there. Blades, Lewis, Blades. Because the problem with Blades is even though he deserves a title shot like two fights ago, honestly, because he's beating mm-hmm. everybody and like all the top contenders he's beaten, but he's lost twice to Nganu. So how, how are you going to like... How are you going to promote Justify, a heavyweight yeah, exactly. title fight where the person, one of the contenders is already knocked out? Not even like... <laughs> Beaten like by decision or anything, but like knocked yeah, two, decisive yeah. victories twice. So exactly, it's hard to know. justify that. Yeah. And, you know, I feel bad for, for it. Yeah, I do too. But I mean, but what it are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, anyway, then moving on, our Komen event of the night is the bantamweight division: Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Marlon Chito Vera. Um, Marlon obviously is coming off of a close loss. I think it was a pretty close loss to Song Yedong. Um, I think in the beginning rounds, it was clearly for Song, but then Marlon came into it a bit later. But uh, I think in this in this smaller octagon, it, I think it would have slightly favor Marlon just based on Sean O'Malley's style of, you know, keeping that distance and coming in for a quick shot and moving out again and, you know, keeping that distance. But obviously, Sean O'Malley is... I'm a big fan of Sean O'Malley. I think he's a Special I like the way he fighter. fights. Like, yeah, so he's got you know he's got sharp, crisp striking. Um, he's smart. He does not you know he doesn't do stupid shit and get himself into any trouble. Uh, obviously, like 
he was out for two years in between because of that um, Usada stuff. Yeah, but uh, you know, and he lost time over there. But you know, now that he's back, he seems to be, uh, you know, more determined and hasn't really lost anything. Seems to be better than before. Yeah. But um, on the ground, I think Marlin, if it does go to the ground, which which is not an easy thing to do to get um, Sugar Sean on the ground, but I think uh, that Marlin would have an advantage on the ground if it goes there. And I don't think this is going to be like one of Sugar Sean's previous two fights where you know he got those quick knockouts, you know, yeah. within the first round. Because I you know, I don't think Chito Vera has ever been knocked out. No. I don't think he's going to get knocked he's out. He's fought by John Lineker before. John Lineker has more power than Sugar Sean could ever dream of having. And if yeah, you go exactly. the distance with somebody like him. You definitely yeah. have solid, solid chin. Yeah, I agree. And then, well, I think Marlin should, uh, Chito Vera should focus on, like, focus on his leg kicks to, like, counter that that wide stance of, Shuk- yeah, of Sean. That karate-ish yeah. stance, which, like, yeah. boy has, corner has, he has that similar stance. Yeah, exactly. And you need those leg kicks to counter that. Yeah. What do you think about it? I think the only thing I disagree with what you said is that you mm-hmm. think that Cheeto Vera has an advantage over Sean O'Malley on the ground. But I think mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley's, uh, what do you say, ground game is like like very, very underrated. Because I remember mm-hmm. I saw him. Uh, do you remember that Quintet Ultra Tournament where they had UFC, Strike Force, Pride, and all of that? Like they had different, different teams. And uh, uh-huh. Sean O'Malley was part of the UFC team with, I think, Gilbert Burns, Anthony Smith, and all of them. They won it. They they won that okay. tournament, and uh, what do you say? Uh, Sean O'Malley went. The, he submitted uh, Takinori Gomi. Takinori Gomi is somebody who was fighting at one seventy pounds, and he fought Nick Diaz. So that's how mm-hmm. big that guy is. He fought Takinori okay. Gomi, and then he uh, went to a draw with Gilbert Melendez, another guy who's big and his uh, jujitsu is really really good. Gilbert Melendez. He's training with uh, Hanzo Gracie, with uh, Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz, right? They're all same camp. So okay. his jiu-jitsu is really, really good as well. And both of yeah. them, like, it was like a stalemate. And, uh, like, both of them, the quintet tournament was weird. Like, so if you win, you continue to fight the next guy. So they, you have five mm-hmm. people. So you keep on moving up and up until you lose. But if it's a draw, then both of them go out. So... Sean O'Malley is grappling with these people who are really, really good. And this is pure grappling. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think Chito Vera gets a submission. It'll be if he hurts Sean on the feet. And then, like, yeah. because Chito Vera has that uh, knack of the minute he gets people hurt, he jumps on submissions rather than trying to go for the finish. You know, like, usually people, yeah. when you see them get hurt, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to throw all the punches in the world and try to finish this fight. Yeah, but okay. but first some fighters who... is to go for the submission. Submission. So to finish I, it. Yeah. So I think okay. if Cheeto gets it, gets it done by submission, it would be if he hurts Sean on the feet and then... Only in that situation. And yeah, and then goes for the submission. But yeah. I think Cheeto's biggest advantage, like you said, one is the leg kicks in order to stop that. That's a that's a really, really good tactic for him in order to slow Sean O'Malley down and stop his movement as much. Another mm-hmm. is in the clinch. I think Cheeto Vera in the clinch is really, really good. And you could mm-hmm. see that even in the um, that Song Yadong fight. I think they've rewarded Cheeto yeah. Vera by giving him this uh, big fight. Because I think most people had scored that fight for Cheeto Vera. I think Song won the first round easy. But then you could yeah. see Cheeto take over. But he shouldn't yeah. fight 
emotional. That's the only issue. Because if he fights emotional, he'll be another highlight reel knockout on Sean O'Malley's uh, um, mm-hmm. video okay, which they yeah. post off finishes, which you have seen. <laughs> you'll just be part of it because on the embedded yeah. thing and all the videos and all, he's like, uh, like you could. There's a little bit of hatred and anger. Hopefully, he doesn't fight with that anger, and he has mm-hmm. good coaches uh, as well. Uh, I forgot Colin Anyama I think is his name his coach he's a really fantastic coach and I think he trains a bit with Jason Perillo as well not too much but I think he does as well because I've seen him uh, uh, Jason Perillo train him as well so he has good trainers with him so if they can Mm -hmm. keep him in the right mindset I think it can be a competitive fight but I think Sean O'Malley overall he's just I think he's something special there's something to him I agree there's some aura to him where you're like, yo, there, there is something special about Sean O'Malley. And that two years, honestly, was a good thing, in my opinion. Like, obviously, you don't want that USADA thing to taint your legacy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that two years off was great for him, especially for a young fighter. It gave him that time to just focus on developing his skills, right? He could compete in this quintet and all of those stuff. He, he didn't have to keep on fighting and fighting and fighting. That, that's when yeah. you're just you're training for a particular style of fight. You're not training yeah. just to get better. So I think those two years have just made him uh, taken his fighting to a whole other level altogether. And you could see it like nobody knocks out Eddie Wildland like that. Eddie Wildland is a crazy good fighter. So, and to mm-hmm. see him get knocked out like like with so much ease was, yeah. was just shocking so, to watch. So sharp. And clinical that yeah. knockout, and he faked that uppercut crazy. before landing. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, he, it's that slight, uh, slight things which he does, the small things which makes all the difference. It, in yeah. Sean O'Malley's striking is very, very uh, crisp, like you said, crisp and technical. And I, I don't think it's going to be. I think Cheeto is very, very tough. So I don't think he's going to get finished. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go Sean O'Malley by decision. But like a a very very entertaining but like a clear win for Sean O'Malley not like a, okay. not a close like fight Chris Weidman or Akhmadov kind of like or just struggled <laughs> yeah. and got over the mm-hmm. crawled and got yeah. over the finish line sort just of made it across the line exactly yeah, yeah. I think he'll win he, Marlin will make it competitive but, mm-hmm. I, but I think Sean O'Malley by decision yeah yeah uh, so you mentioned the thing about the clinch but I think Obviously, I think Marlon is really good in the clinch, but I feel Sean is going to try his best to stay out of the, you know, avoid that yeah, clinch and you sure. try to stay the, on the circle around. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but yeah, but it, or it might be harder to do that in the smaller octagon, but, uh, but yeah, if it does go to the clinch, I think Chiro Vera has a good advantage over there. Um, and I didn't know about the jujitsu thing. I think I was basing that just off the fact that you know, Sean in his fights, they usually decision wins or TKOs and stuff like that. So, um, no, that that thing was like, he, he focused a lot on his jujitsu during that time of like, during that, and then because I, I remember he, even in that Andre Sukum taught fight where he, he was on the ground, remember? And he said, I fucking love you, Joe Rogan in that fight as well. When Sukum taught was taking him to the ground, like Sean O'Malley was constantly attacking. But I thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, whatever. Like it's against Andre Sukumtar. Like, but and he was uh, he wasn't really trying to pass guard or anything. He was more of like trying to control him and get a decision yeah. win. So I was thinking, oh, that's why he was really comfortable. But then when I saw him in that quintet ultra, because Eddie Bravo, Tenth Planet, also had a team 
so he okay. was promoting it and obviously i have to support my boy adi bravo so i was watching <laughs> so, so i was watching yeah adi bravo so i was watching uh, the the stream like on fight pass it was coming on fight pass so i was watching it on that and i remember seeing shanu mali and like i was shocked that he was competing and competing and doing well against these people who are like legends and who have such high credentials in jiu jitsu so that really shocked me mm-hmm. yeah no i agree i mean uh, now that now that you've told me this yeah then i don't think marlin actually has the advantage in the ground yeah. but i think the this fight stays on the feet cuz that's where yeah. omali yeah. likes to keep it and he's really good at keep getting the fight where he wants it to go like yeah. even marlin also likes to keep it on yeah. on his feet which is a weird yeah, thing so. to say but yeah yeah So I mean I think it's so it's going to go all the way I got I have O'Malley gets the decision. Mm. Uh, yeah I think it's going to be extremely entertaining a very technical fight especially from Sean O'Malley Marcito Vera obviously is probably not as technical you know more uh, violent let's say than yeah. Sean O'Malley bite yeah, down on your mouthpiece kind of fighter. Yeah exactly so I think O'Malley gets the decision in the end. Uh, then moving on, our main event of the night for the heavyweight title, <laughs> uh, the trilogy, the third fight in the trilogy, Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Um, obviously, DC won the first one, you know, you know by by a knockout, and the second one, Stipe won by by TKO. So, um, that, and we learned obviously we learned more about how this is going to go down from that second fight because it went to the fourth round. Mm. and in that i think in that second fight i think dc won the first three rounds um you yeah. know his striking was good there but then stepe just switched something in the fourth round and you know he started going for those body shots and then dc had no way out to had no idea how to deal with it so tired so to, yeah so tired exactly he looked exhausted um but stepe looked like he had more energy in the fourth round than in any of the previous like <laughs> previous three rounds so i don't know what's up with that but it's like you're sleeping and then he suddenly yeah. woke up and <laughs> yeah, like, then oh, he woke up exactly in this fight and then he <laughs> yeah. did some crazy shit yeah but it was so good to see him like make that adjustment once once he saw that first body shot land in the fourth round and saw the effect that it had he just the amount of the amount of of, of an adjustment he made after that and just kept throwing that and literally changed his entire game plan from 14 or something which is because yeah. that body shot is not easy to land like it's a very yeah. diff- especially with somebody like dc where he was just That's going for lands. the knockout right like he yeah, was exactly so he could be he could have been countered so like the way he was setting it up and ripping the body it was beautiful mm-hmm. to watch like obviously yeah. we were i remember we watched it and we were shocked by what was happening because <laughs> we were like dc yeah. wrestle 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 but he wasn't wrestling <laughs> but yeah. in terms of just technical striking wise it was just beautiful to watch like that yeah. him landing those body shots mm. but yeah like you said it was like stepe was asleep in yeah. the first three rounds and then he just suddenly woke up and Third mumbled round, something towards the end like you could usually, see <laughs> <laughs> like he usually does and then and then just switched it on What do you say in the third round? In the third round, like towards the end, you could see him. His footwork was getting better. He was moving better. Like the third round, first two rounds were very dominantly towards DC, and then after yeah. the third round, it was slowly. You could see it starting to shift, and then we're like, okay, thank God. Like the third round, DC mostly like he will won most of that round, so we will give it to yeah. him. But you could see by the end of that third itself, DC was slowly starting to tire, and Stepe was yeah. getting into his rhythm by that time. Mm-hmm. 
and you could see DC dropping his hands like yeah. well into like in the third round that itself. That was in the first, second round only where he yeah. had more the respect. Second round waste. Yeah, and then obviously that cost him. Yeah. And then, but um, now we just have to see if that if DC made adjustments to that. Oh, to like because I think Stipe knows and DC knows that Stipe knows you know that those body shots are a threat now, and you know that he can take out DC. So we just have to see what kind of adjustments he makes if he tries to get more takedowns. What you know. What his strategy to counter that is going to be? What do you think? You know, do you think he makes the adjustment or? This is a crazy, like this is such a legacy-defining fight, right? For both, like yeah. Stipe less compared to DC, because Stipe obviously he he hasn't announced that this is his last fight or anything, so he he always has more fights in order to mm-hmm. uh, improve his resume, which is already a fantastic resume. One thing I don't agree with the promotion where they're saying that this the winner of this is considered the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. I think even if DC wins this fight, Stipe is still based yeah, on his resume and sure. the people he's beaten. You he, you can't you cannot say that DC is better because he's in his in the UFC he has beaten Frank Mir, Roy Nelson, Stipe Miocic. That's it. Whereas Stipe Miocic yeah. has beaten JDS, he's beaten Overeem, he's beaten Mark Hunt, he's beaten Arlovsky, yeah. he's beaten Engano, who's like a killer, he's beaten DC once. So they're all the pressure. Yeah, you can't, and, yeah. Yeah, you can't just call you, you know, call DC the heavyweight goat yeah. and stuff like that. Then yeah. McGregor's the featherweight goat, then if you look at it then Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what that makes that that's just not how it works, right? Okay, you yeah. have a win over the other person, but longevity and the resume is what decides it. But I think if Stipe wins this fight, I think he becomes the greatest heavyweight of all time. So that includes Fedor yeah. and everything. Then I think that for his legacy in that way, I think it improves. But apart from that, all pressure is on DC because if mm-hmm. imagine if DC loses twice to Miocic and he's mm-hmm. lost twice to Jones, then oh his career yeah, it's a is huge stain. Yeah. yeah, his career is gonna be oh he was the second best fighter in the light heavyweight division and he was the second and, best fighter yeah. in the heavyweight division. That's what he yeah. was, which is like really sad to see considering he in all wrestling tournaments when he was in the NCAA, he came second. In the Olympics, mm-hmm. he was guaranteed yeah, he a bronze medal and then he did some stupid shit and lost two points and he lost that bronze medal. <laughs> And then yeah. and then he didn't make weight for the next one. So like DC is known to be somebody who never like got all the seasons that. Yeah. And and then he won that second title, and uh, the, against Miocic, we thought, oh, he's finally got that moment. And then he chokes out Derek Lewis like it was nothing. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if he bought into his own hype, but DC has that tendency of fighting emotional, which I think. Yeah will play a factor a- in this fight. That's the only thing. Because if you look skill for skill, I think DC is a better fighter if you look at it on paper. Even though Stipe mm-hmm. Miocic has those intangibles, right? He has that heart, which I like, which is, yeah. he has that crazy heart where like he's getting beaten up and for almost that, three and a half rounds. And he's got that uh, immigrant, immigrant mentality. mentality. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat. <laughs> Stiopic. Stiopic's, Stiopic's immigrant mentality. It's just, it's a formidable thing to deal with. But yeah, I mean, DC is already the, you know, he's not the goat of the light heavyweight division because yeah. of John Jones. And then if he loses this, then obviously this is getting, that's going to go. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I don't think, even if he wins this, he's still not going to be the goat of the thing. But 
His legacy is different though. His legacy, right? he's like, his legacy, when when yeah. I competed in the heavyweight division, I was the best in the division. Where he, where yeah, yeah. he can't say that any like in if he loses to Miocic because he can't say that in light mm-hmm. heavyweight because when he competed in light heavyweight, Jones was still the best. So if he, the yeah. same thing happens in heavyweight, it it'll be different. So for his legacy, it's a really bad thing. And also, I uh, the emotion bit. Like if you look at that Alexander Gustafson fight, he fought on emotion. Like he mm-hmm. stood with Alexander Gustafson. He almost got finished in that third round where Gustafson landed a knee. But like yeah. he's it's crazy. Like he fights emotionally, he wasn't listening to his coaches at all because like they're all screaming, take down, take mm-hmm. down, take down. I remember Javier Mendez and Crazy Bob Cook were like, Yo, take him down, take him down in that steep fight. We were also screaming at the television, <laughs> yeah, take, take him down, take him down. Yeah. And yet he showed like abs and he showed such disrespect to Steve when Steve is was such a crazy good champion yeah. who had such impressive wins and then mm-hmm. you you think that oh like I can just walk through his punches and like he isn't gonna yeah, do it's never a good good idea. It's just horrible to do. So yeah. I mean so I mean like you that emotional thing that you brought up is really important because before we started talking about it I hadn't made my decision about who I'm gonna go for in this fight. But then considering this is DC's like his literally his uh, final fight. He's retiring. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna be very emotional, and then he's gonna make those. Like if if if, if suppose Stipe starts having some success on the feet, DC is gonna get desperate. Yeah, exactly. And then he's just gonna fall bad for him. Yeah. And also yeah, so. another thing to consider is DC is forty-one years old, and his cardio is not looking as good as it did before. Like I've never yeah. seen. Like in the first Jones fight, he gassed out, but and, and, like that's why John Jones like the last two rounds were super dominant. Like the first three rounds of the Jones Cormier fight were like quite competitive, and then after that Jones just took over because DC gassed out, and then DC said that yeah. oh that was because uh, that was my first time fighting five rounds and light heavyweight and all of that stuff. But the older he gets, like Stipe has the better cardio for sure. Like I don't think that's in for question at all. So that also coming into play, like. It looks like Steve, like, based on my analysis also, it's like, yo, Steve is winning this fight. Steve is going to win. But, yeah. yeah, it's like heart and head all over again, right? Where, like, your head is saying that Steve is winning this fight based on whatever is happening. DC's mm-hmm. age, his emotion, just based on the fact that Steve is one of the most underrated champions ever in UFC. Like, yeah. he, his resume is is the one of the best in the heavyweight division and yet like people don't give him any credit so mm-hmm. i he always fights with that chip on his shoulder he's looking lean also he's looking like he's ready for five rounds he he looks in good shape dc looks like in the circular shape as usual but like Steve <laughs> looks in such good shape so i it's but i'm obviously i have to go hard so i'm going dc dc by decision very very close yeah. fight three two I think he wins three the first three rounds and Stipe wins the last two, but he somehow manages and survives, especially mm-hmm. with the smaller octagon as well. That also will play a factor, especially early on when DC has energy yeah. because DC's wrestling. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody octagon. can. Yeah, I think the smaller octagon benefits DC more than yeah, Stipe. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so. Oh, I know you. Uh, so it's such a hard decision to make. So hard. It's like, literally fifty-fifty. Yeah. Exactly. And. Oh shit! <laughs> After you brought up the emotional thing, I was like, okay, it's Stipe. But then you said, you know, the smaller octagon, <laughs> the smaller so then smaller it was DC. <laughs> and then you said the dis- a close decision. Uh, it's just tough. 
and then like can you think about uh, i think and DC, there are no favorites also in this both are minus yeah. and so it's a yeah exactly time. so i think uh, and then like dc you know they would obviously made adjustments from the previous fights yeah so but dc has always been vulnerable to the body anderson yeah. silva at ufc 200 yeah. landed that knee and he got hurt really bad john jones did that same shit in order to land that high kick he kept on kicking him to the body and then dc like it was hurting him so much so he put it down and then he landed yeah. that beautiful high kick so he, um, he that vulnerability is there for sure yeah. and they both have the ability to knock out each yeah. other so Uh, okay, I think I'm just going to go. I'm going Stipe by uh, TKO. Stipe by TKO. Same, like, similar to the first, the second fight. That's my final prediction. That's, That's a tough one to predict. Yeah. Honestly, I might, even I might change my prediction after watching one more, <laughs> one more uh, interview with Stipe. I'll be thinking, dude, he got yes. And I think today is the press conference also, which, is, which will be mm-hmm. fun to watch, I think. And also, after the weigh-ins, I think I'll, like... that's when i'll properly like decide who uh, will be so like pretty, yeah. okay. <laughs> we we have the ability so, to change okay please before the fight starts i can text okay, you okay for this one like, we'll make okay, yeah. make a exception for this yeah. one just if, for just yeah like before the one. fight i can text you and be like yo i need to change my prediction so <laughs> yeah. let's see okay, but i'll cool. most probably go just because i have to follow my heart so i'm going to go dc but let's see let's see if, let's see if you change yeah but if he comes in really heavy and all of that then no chance yeah. dc but I mean he looks kind of heavy so but yeah. <laughs> he wants to weigh in around 240 I think 240 is good yeah. weight for him but let's see yeah anyway it's a interesting super you know, main interesting event event man yeah. very exciting has, yeah and the, the trilogy just to like see who Oh, just to settle it and like yeah, it. yeah. Oh, yeah exactly. I can't wait like sunday morning can't come fast enough for this yeah exactly <laughs> super excited for that one uh and then so after we analyze the main card we choose one fight from the rest of the fights on that night um as our best of the rest pick so abhi what's our pick for i was initially going to pick pick the herbert burns fight as the best of the rest in order to be like yo this is a fighter to watch out for cuz i thought he was extremely talented but mm-hmm. uh like obviously that got bumped up to the main card because of Ankle, I have test testing positive for COVID, so hopefully he gets better soon. Our wishes go out to him. So then I have to go with old school, the old guard, Jim Miller. Jim Miller mm-hmm. against Vince Pichel. I think it's crazy how Jim Miller he has Lyme disease and he's just fighting through it like it's nothing. Like he's getting victories, yeah. he's doing whatever the hell he wants, and impressive victories also. He's finishing people. Uh, he so I think he. his career is not going to last as long as like maybe one fight two fights more we don't know how long it's going to last so his all his fights are always like you're watching a legend and his last few fights so always mm-hmm. good to tune in he's coming off a, a good submission win over rosevel roberts i think both of them have wins over rosevel roberts but i think pichal's was a le- less impressive he got a decision compared to jim miller especially Rosevel Roberts was on like such a high before that Jim Miller mm-hmm. and I remember like before the like the card had started and before his fight he's like he, he, I'm going to make a statement and he posted all that shit on Twitter and all that Jim Miller's like just chilling doing his own thing and gets that submission <laughs> I mean who how can you not love yeah. Jim Miller so I, I just watching Jim Miller cuz this might be his last this is this is definitely his last run 
but these are his last few fights so tune in while you mm-hmm. can to watch a legend fight yeah it's a yeah he's a i mean he's all, when is he when when did he join the ufc i think long 2000 long, long time ago when oh, UFC. go away 2008 or something yeah jesus U, ufc 89 was his first fight in the ufc holy so, shit and now now we're at 252 and then like you said the lyme disease and just fighting through that quite literally you know so it's it's going to be a good fight and like you said we don't know when he's going to you know Retire. put his gloves down but yeah so mm. uh, yeah what any prediction who do you think gets this Mm, I th- I'll I'll go Jim Miller just because uh, Vince Pichel he has the power to knock him out, but Jim Miller's chin has lo- looked a lot better than it, uh, better than it has like before. He mm-hmm. fought Scott Holtzman and Holtzman couldn't finish him as well. Like he went the yeah. decision with him. He fought Clay Guida. Same thing happened. So yeah. I don't think it'll be. Uh, I don't think Vince Pichel can beat him and uh, on like. by stopping him and i think jim miller will probably get a submission or like a decision or something like that but i think he'll somehow win this fight okay yeah i was i'm predicting jim miller to by decision um like you said like you know jim miller has somehow his chin has gotten better i yeah. don't know how it would my my be more rested <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> cuz you know your chin usually gets worse but uh, yeah yeah but anyway um you know if it is his last fight i mean yeah, okay yeah, i don't think he's made any announcement about mm-hmm. that but if he does decide it's the last fight it'd be a good way to go on a win fantastic so, career yeah exactly um yeah that that's our analysis for this fight ufc 252 anything to add nothing i'm just super hyped for this fight and if you guys are just like that there, there isn't a lot of traction for this like not not lots of people aren't watching it on embedded and like you could see the views go down not many topic like the dc interview steepe interviews like on youtube and that's usually how you gauge right how big mm-hmm. a fight is like when you looked at ufc yeah, 251 the masvidal usman one all the embedded videos were like over 1 million views each but yeah maybe the fight card isn't as good as that one cuz obviously that had holloway on it it had aldo on it and it had obviously masvidal on it but just this main fight like is mm-hmm. such a legacy defining fight for one of the best fighters like two of the best fighters to ever compete in the ufc so just in order to watch that fight is will be insane so tune in cuz it's going to be a fantastic main event i don't know about the rest of the fight night it might be a dud sugar shawn amali obviously is a good fight to watch but just purely for that main event you have to tune in yeah no i absolutely agree like just to see how this trilogy ends cuz it it hasn't been a boring trilogy or a predictable oh. one by any means at all right where dc knocked out stepe was a huge you know surprise and then the second one where stepe came back in the fourth round to take out dc was you know another crazy fight so I don't expect anything less from this third fight. You know, but they both know each other so well now and just see how they go at this one and then what happens the outcome. So uh super exciting fight. Um but that's our show for today. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at @casualsmmapodcast and email us at casualguidemma@gmail.com with any feedback or suggestions. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and tune in on Monday night for our recap of this of this card and obviously that main event. I'm Anish and I'm Abhishek and we're signing off. Peace.